Hi, everyone. This is Father Jim Churn, and you're listening to the Pope Benedict XVI School of Prayer podcast. Each week, we'll be hearing the catechesis offered by the late Holy Father back in 2011 in his Wednesday audiences with the faithful, in which he laid out the foundational principles of the life of prayer. Ignatius Press has published all of these in one volume entitled A School of Prayer, The Saints Show Us How to Pray, which personally has been a tremendous gift that I highly recommend to purchase and is relatively inexpensive. For our purposes, though, I will link to the official text of the Holy Father's words in our Facebook group and in the show notes for this podcast, which are found on the Vatican website. I invite you to share this podcast in our Facebook group with all those who might be interested in this. This is a new experience for me, this being our our first day and our first episode of this particular podcast. I thought I'd briefly share why I'm even doing this. Uh, I've been tremendously blessed. I've been following and journeying with thousands of others with Father Mike Schmitz's Bible in a Year podcast for the last three years and his Catechism in a Year this past year. And up till now, I had simply uploaded my Sunday homilies on this site that you're listening to this on. So hosting a a podcast is a whole new thing for me. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to share some of my own feedback and impressions on this, uh, whether I'll just limit that to discussion on our Facebook group or if I'll do a a second audio per week, uh, taking some of your questions and comments into consideration. So I appreciate your interest and your patience with me as I navigate this and try to figure this all out. To be honest, I never even imagined I would be doing a podcast like this myself, but navigating the last section of the Catechism on Prayer, and providentially I had been reading this book of this collection of Pope Benedict's Catechesis, I was just struck by how beautiful they are. And one of the things that I find many people struggling with is their own personal prayer lives. They might be committed and make Sunday Mass every week, which is, of course, essential and Maybe they were raised as faithful Catholics and know some of our most beloved prayers and devotions, but they struggle with their own personal prayer. So for those who find themselves in that spot or for anyone in the life of faith, I think my hope and prayer is that these weekly teachings will help lead you to a deeper intimacy and our relationship with our Lord. So thank you for joining us. And without any further ado, let's jump into the first catechesis. Our first catechesis comes from Wednesday, May 4th, 2011, and it's entitled Man in Prayer. Pope Benedict XVI writes, Dear brothers and sisters, today I would like to begin a new series of catechesis. After the series on the fathers of the church, on the great theologians of the Middle Ages, and on the great women, I would now like to choose a topic that is dear to all our hearts. It is the theme of prayer, and especially Christian prayer, the prayer, that is, which Jesus taught and which the church continues to teach us. It is, in fact, in Jesus that man becomes able to approach God in the depth and intimacy of the relationship of a child to his father. Together with the first disciples, let us now turn with humble trust to the teacher and ask him, Lord, 
teach us to pray. In the upcoming catechesis, in drawing near to the sacred scripture, the great tradition of the fathers of the church, the teachers of spirituality, and the liturgy, let us learn to live our relationship with the Lord even more intensely, as it were, at a school of prayer. We know well, in fact, that prayer should not be taken for granted. It is necessary to learn how to pray, as it were, acquiring this art ever anew. Even those who are very advanced in the spiritual life always feel the need to learn from Jesus, to learn how to pray authentically. We receive the first lesson from the Lord by his example. The Gospels describe Jesus to us in intimate and constant conversation with the Father. It is a profound communion of the one who came into the world to do not his will, but that of the Father who sent him for the salvation of man. At this first catechesis, as an introduction, I would like to propose several examples of prayer in the ancient cultures to show that practically always and everywhere they were addressed to God. I shall start with ancient Egypt as an example. Here, a blind man asking the divinity to restore his sight testifies to something universally human. This is a pure and simple prayer petition by someone who is suffering. This man prays, My heart longs to see you. You who made me see the darkness. Create light for me so that I might see you. Bend your beloved face over me. That I may see you. This is the essence of the prayer. In the religions of Mesopotamia, an arcane, paralyzing sense of guilt predominated, but it was not devoid of the hope of redemption and liberation on God's part. We may thus appreciate this entreaty by a believer of those ancient cultures formulated in these words. O God, who are indulgent, even in the greatest sin, absolve me from my sin. Look, O Lord, at your tired servant and blow your breeze upon him. Forgive him without delay. Alleviate your severe punishment. Freed from bonds, grant that I may breathe anew. Break my chains. Loosen the fetters that bind me. These are words that demonstrate how the human being in his search for God had intuited, if vaguely on the one hand, his own guilt, and on the other, aspects of divine mercy and goodness. In the pagan religion of ancient Greece, a very significant development may be seen. Prayers, while still invoking divine help to obtain heavenly favors in every circumstance of daily life, and to receive material benefits, gradually became oriented to more disinterested requests, which enabled the believer to deepen his relationship with God and to become a better person. For example, the great philosopher Plato records a prayer of his teacher Socrates, held to be one of the founders of Western thought. This was Socrates' prayer. Grant to me, 
that I may be made beautiful in my soul within, and that all external possessions be in harmony with my inner man. May I consider the wise man rich, and may I have such wealth as only the self-restrained man can bear or endure. Rather than to possess plenty of money, he wanted above all to be beautiful within and wise. In the Greek tragedies, sublime masterpieces of the literature of all time, which still after 25 centuries are read, thought about and performed today, there is a content of prayer which expresses the desire to know God and to worship his majesty. One of these tragedies says, O earth's upbearer, thou whose throne is earth, whoe'er thou be, O past our finding out, Zeus, be thou nature's law or mind of man, thee I invoke for treading soundless paths to justice's goal, thou bringest all mortal beings. God remains somewhat nebulous. Nevertheless, man knows this unknown God and prays to the one who guides the ways of the world. Also among the Romans, who made up that great empire in which Christianity first came into being and spread, prayer, even if it is associated with a utilitarian conception and fundamentally associated with the request for divine protection of the life of the civil community, sometimes begins with the invocations that are wonderful because of the fervor of personal devotion that's transformed into praise and thanksgiving. In the second century AD, Apuleius, an author of Roman Africa, attested to this. In his writings, he expressed his contemporaries' dissatisfaction with the traditional religion and the desire for a more authentic relationship with God. In his masterpiece entitled Metamorphoses, a believer addresses these words to a goddess. You are holy. You are in every epoch a savior of the human species. You and your generosity always help mortals, offer to the wretch in travail the tender affection of a mother. Neither a day nor a night, nor even a second passes without you filling it with your benefits. In the same period, the emperor Marcus Aurelius, who was also a philosopher who reflected on the human condition, affirmed the need to pray in order to establish fruitful cooperation between divine action and human action. He wrote in his meditations, Who told you that the gods do not help us also in what depends on us? So begin to pray to them and you will see. This advice of the emperor philosopher was effectively put into practice by innumerable generations prior to Christ thereby demonstrating that human life without prayer, which opens our existence to the mystery of God, lacks sense and direction. Always expressed in every prayer, in fact, is the truth of the human creature who on the one hand experiences weaknesses and impoverishment, who therefore addresses his supplication to heaven, and on the other is endowed with an extraordinary dignity, 
so that in preparing to receive the divine revelation, finds himself able to enter into communion with God. Dear friends, in these examples of prayer of different epochs and civilizations, emerges the human being's awareness of his creatural condition and of his dependence on another superior to himself and the source of every good. The human being of all times prays because he cannot fail to wonder about the meaning of his life, which remains obscure and discomforting if it is not put in relation to the mystery of God and of his plan for the world. Human life is a fabric woven of good and of evil, of undeserved suffering and of joy, and beauty that spontaneously and irresistibly impels us to ask God for that light and that inner strength which support us on earth and reveal a hope beyond the boundaries of death. The pagan religions remain an invocation which from the earth awaits a word from heaven. One of the last great pagan philosophers who lived fully in the Christian era, Proclus of Constantinople, gives a voice to this expectation saying, unknowable, no one contains you. All that we think belongs to you. Our evils and our good come from you. On you, our every yearning depends. O ineffable one, whom our souls feel present, raising to you a hymn of silence. In the examples of prayer of the various cultures which we have considered, we can see a testimony of the religious dimension and of the desire for God engraved on the heart of every human being which receives fulfillment and full expression in the Old and in the New Testament. The revelation is in fact purifying and brings to its fullness man's original yearning for God, offering to him in prayer the possibility of a deeper relationship with the Heavenly Father. At the beginning of our journey in the school of prayer, let us now ask the Lord to illumine our minds and hearts so that the relationship with him in prayer may be ever more intense, affectionate, and constant. Once again, let us say to him, Lord, teach us to pray.